gentlemen, you can't fight in here. This is the war room. Fine, I can hear you now, Dimitri. Clear and plain and coming through fine. I'm coming through fine too, eh? Good, then. Well, then, as you say, we're both coming through fine. Good. Well, it's good that you're fine and, and I'm fine. I agree with you. It's great to be fine. It's, it's a podcast. podcast. Hello and welcome to Fighting in the War Room, episode 51, the review segment for Friday, December 12th, 2014. It is almost the end of the year. That happened fast. Uh, today we're reviewing, we're reviewing Wild, which is the centerpiece of what I'm calling the resurgence, and I encourage you all to join in this technology with me. I might debate uh, that here in this context. That, that it should be called the resurgence. Of- I guess she's, I mean, if you count her producing Gone Girl and appearing briefly in Inherent Vice, I suppose. Yeah. Like, what else is going into the resurgence? I mean, those that's three big things, especially since the last, I mean, what was the last interesting thing she did before any of this? Um, well, she was yeah, in yelled, Mud. She was in Mud, and then she yelled at that cop. She was in This Means War, a oh romantic comedy classic. I did see This Means War. She was in War Water on for plane Elephants. And regretted it. Water for Elephants was bad. This Means War was terrible. I guess she's having a bit of a comeback. She's having a good year. I don't know if she can keep it up. I should have more faith in her. We'll see. Didn't you see that video on Vogue of her jumping on a trampoline and doing a backflip? I really can't stand those, like, ask you a hundred question videos that are, they are the most annoying thing on the internet right now. Wow. That's, yeah. A, that's, I much I got, prefer the idea of her doing this HBO show with Nicole Kidman. I've got some uh, uh, YouTube videos to show you if you think that's the most annoying thing on the internet, but uh, oh, that's God. neither here nor there. Uh, Wild, it is adapted from Cheryl Strayed's memoir, which uh, recounts a hike that she took in the mid 90s. The book wasn't published till 2010 or so, I believe, but. Uh, basically, she had uh, dramatically fucked up her life. Her mother had died uh, while her mother was in her 40s. And I think Cheryl was about 20. She started dabbling in heroin. She started having uh, cheating on her husband. She was really in a bad way. Uh, broke up with her husband and then uh, decided to hike the Pacific Crest Trail, which is between the border of Mexico and Oregon. And in many ways, having absolutely no idea what she's doing. The movie is kind of vague about like exactly how unprepared she is, but she has a backpack that's gigantic and she has shoes that don't fit and... She kind of has a map, and man- she manages to buy the wrong fuel for her stove. And right, she buys everything except the the right fuel for her stove. It's a kind of a cra- it's kind of crazy that she doesn't know what she's doing in that one little thing because she gets everything else so right. And I completely I mean, agree. You don't really know where she's coming from. Like, why? I don't think we ever see her make a decision about going on this camping trip. She maybe sees the brochure about um, the Pacific trail what is what is the pacific, uh, pacific, pacific crest, crest trail, trail yeah. yeah and she sees it on a bookshelf and she's like oh maybe i'll go there but well, we don't really see her get that i think that's that part of the uh what i like about the way that this movie illustrates the character of cheryl which is that she's someone who's kind of making these decisions not necessarily for a reason she's just doing it she's responding to impulses in a way that's led her in this really self-destructive path and you know in terms of doing heroin and having affairs and you know living a life that doesn't seem that fulfilling um and it kind of makes sense, like, you know, the idea of, like, throwing your life away and starting all over again out west is, you know, the super appealing American myth. And then she has the chance to do this really crazy, amazing thing that she then continues. In the, you know, there's all these chances to have outs and all these people she meets along the way are just like, you know, you can not go. You can end this. And, you know, I, when I, before I saw the movie, I kind of imagined it as her being, like, off in the wilderness hacking through bush. But, of course, she's, like, seeing other hikers and there's, like – little rest stops areas around where you can like sleep in a bed and shower and wash your clothes and stuff. Um, and so this idea of the community of hikers around her and all these people who are kind of this voice of, you know, people telling her what to do and what she chooses to tell them about her story. I found out it all 
added up to this really satisfying portrait to me. I thought the it was really well directed by someone who uh, Jean-Marc Vallée, who made Dallas Buyers Club, which I did not think much of in terms of direction. I was pretty impressed by what he pulled together with this. And then I think maybe even more importantly, Nick Hornby adapted the screenplay. And it is really this kind of like warm, funny, like, a, you know, not sentimental version of a story that could be crazy sentimental, like someone finding herself after her the death of her mother. Um, and Cheryl Strayed gets a lot of credit for that. This is her story. She wrote the book. But I think Nick Hornby's adaptation and the elliptical way that the story is told does a lot to kind of keep the emotions in check, make it really powerful when it needs to be, but then also kind of, you know, make it about someone. Like, you know, the first scene, you see Reese Witherspoon up on this cliff and her hiking boot falls off and she just screams, fuck, into the void. And I think that's a really nice tone to establish for It's a very Garden story. State moment. Oh, my God. Really? <laughs> Yeah, they're all wearing trash bags, and it's uh, the void is a metaphor, not like an actual mountain. No, come on. Give uh, this movie some credit. I definitely give this movie more credit than that. I I'm, I enjoyed Dallas Buyers Club for what I it's liked worth. it fine, but the direction was not anything I would have gone crazy for. I would agree that it's pretty much like take get the camera, get it off sticks, get it off the tripod or whatever, just like do this kind of handheld shoot the shit direction. And Wild is exactly the same way for me. I don't really see any kind of stamp on this or any interesting compositions or visuals that really amplify everything that Cheryl's going through on this walk. I don't feel the space, the vastness of this walk really at any time. It's a lot of medium close-ups of her just kind of showing up in different vantage points or she'll be on the hill, on the mountain, or she'll be among the trees. And it's all kind of like the same position on her the whole time. It doesn't seem to be visually telling us where she is in life or where she is in this journey that she's taking. Um, or because the movie is is heavy on flashbacks going to all sorts of different parts in her life. Sometimes she's in high school with her mom, Laura Dern, or sometimes she's with her, her ex-husband having a big fight years later. Sometimes she's like naked, curled up in the fetal position after doing black tar heroin and fucking three guys. <laughs> and, you know, she's in the, all these different stages of life and it's visually represented in the exact same way the entire time, which is a little disappointing to me. It seems like there's a real opportunity to do something there. I guess if you want to say that this is the Cheryl, this is the same Cheryl in all these different parts of life, then maybe do having that... Um, that sameness makes sense. But for me, I, I want to explore this woman's life visually. And, and Jean-Marc Vallée kind of drops the ball there a little bit. Uh, you don't right. feel like there was, I mean, there was evocation. Like there's, you know, I, I, there's like individual shots that really stand out to me. Like there's a scene with a horse where you're looking into the horse's eye as opposed to anything else that's going on in the scene. And there's, you know, times when she runs into other people in the on her hike, and especially when there's, you know, a a threatening person like you see them at a distance and there's this tension in the distances between them as opposed to when she's by herself i thought there were a lot of things that it did with the vastness and like with placing her in space i think it is on a medium close-up of her a lot of the time and that does a lot for intimacy but i think it knows when to pull back too the other thing is there's not a lot of silence in this movie which i think is interesting because she is alone a lot of the time. I mean, this is not cat. This is not Reese Witherspoon's Castaway, uh, <laughs> nor should it be. Um, but you wish there was a little more of a meditative nature to this journey. If that's what this is, a spirit journey 
for Cheryl Strayed, right? I mean, she's going out there to like find herself, to lose herself in nature and have this discovery. Uh, and there, I, I wish there was a little more silence on the part of the present Cheryl. Maybe we could flash back and, and have her talking to all these different people in her life and hearing the sounds of her past. But in the present, she still winds up like talking a lot. She's meeting a lot of people. And I didn't get a lot out of her meeting these people from different parts of life. I'm like more interested in her past than I am about, you know, she meets a woman who is truly lost. Her This woman she crossed paths with is just like, I, I just left my life and I'm, I'm really on the spirit journey here. And she just comes out with it. Or some guy who's just like an adventurer. He just wants to walk the Pacific Crest Trail and, and you know, bathe in the nude in a river or something. That's his whole jam. Or three college students that she meets who really confront like how young people are and how not young she is and i love like i love those college kids and i loved basically all of the interactions i thought said like kind of illustrated something that she couldn't say herself which is that a woman doing this by herself is really unusual and there was a piece in vulture i I mean i think it was a new york magazine piece just about the idea of wild as being kind of revolutionary as being a story about a woman on her own which just almost don't exist in literature and especially in film and when she interacts with these people on the road, I mean, there's the man who she kind of hitchhikes with and she's afraid he's going to assault her and then he takes her home and she gets a hot shower and and a meal cooked by his wife and then a guy who actually is kind of trying to assault her and then all these different things in between. And I think it's such a, I don't know, it like it was a sociology about not just what it means to be a woman hiking, but like a woman who has kind of thrown away her life in this way and has thrown away the safety of a marriage. And it, it brought in the reality of the world that she's going to have to go you back know. to eventually without being too kind of blatant about it. I think for me, I mean, I am really happy to have this story exist in the world because we do, you and I were at a lunch actually later after seeing the movie uh, where Cheryl, the real author Cheryl was there and Reese was there talking about kind of bringing this story and wanting to make this movie and getting the chance to put a female character who could do drugs and bang a lot of guys and be kind of a disgusting human being at certain points and being able the freedom to make that movie because they made this movie independently and sold it to Fox Searchlight. Um, On paper, it all sounds great. And for me, Wild is a movie that's still kind of on paper when it comes to us. Uh, It tells us a lot about what Cheryl has gone through in her life. But it doesn't really. It never really made an impact with me. I really wanted to get on board with, with Reese's performance, but it always felt like there was a barrier. And part of it is a lot of telling, not showing, in this movie about you know we have the flashbacks, we see her doing heroin, but I don't really see it ha- having an effect. We never linger in any moment long enough to know what the effects of heroin are or how it's destroying her life. Uh, we see arguments, but we don't see how those arguments, leading up to those arguments, or the aftermath of those arguments, how do we get on this journey? Uh, and does she does she feel the impulse to do drugs again when she's out in the open? Is this like a, a, a cold turkey situation that she's throwing herself onto the Pacific Crest Trail? Like, I don't, I don't know. I don't know anything about this character, and yet I, her, her history is pinpointed on, on each, like, over really the course of this film. You really don't feel like you know anything about her? Like, you don't think the scenes with Laura Dern tell you a lot about well, where so she's coming from? Those are my favorite scenes, because Laura Dern is such an amazing actress that she can characterize Cheryl's mom, Bobby, in 
maybe she's in four or five scenes of the movie, and I think she gives the better performance. I think she's really kind of astonishing as this woman who is doing, she's a single mom, she's trying to take care of her kids, she wants to be great, you know, she's so happy that her daughter is a hyper-intellectual douchebag because that means she's come much further than her, like, high school education was able to take her, and she's very proud, and then she, you know, uh, not to get too heavy on the spoilers, but there's a, there's a tremendous I it, loss. I don't think it's a spoiler. Uh, okay, I mean, basically, her mom is haunting her because her mom has passed away from cancer. Um, and we get to see these moments uh, kind of scattered across the, the, the movie. And we feel her loss so deeply. And I'm not, I just, maybe I wanted to feel something as strong as Laura Dern losing her own life. Like, really feeling like her life has been cut off too soon. Something that heavy kind of sitting on Cheryl's shoulders, like she's made a mistake. She, does, she doesn't seem to be carrying the weight of her mom around, but and yet we see Wait, her really? haunted by her mom in You don't scenes. think she's carrying? I mean, you don't <laughs> think, like, I feel like there's really evocative little bits. Like there's a scene where she and her husband kind of go sign their divorce papers and they say goodbye. And I think just in that one scene. I love that the scene, way, I think it's a great scene. And there's a scene where she's kind of having lunch with um, with a friend. Who's the friend? Who's Gabby that? Hoffman Yeah, that's friend. right. And and she, you know, she's but Gabby Hoffman is the friend you need in the situation and be like, why are you fucking up your life so badly? And Cheryl is really non-repentant. And I felt like that said a lot about who she was. Gabby Hoffman is the friend in that situation in every movie that's come out in the last two No, years. Gabby Hoffman is like the crazy <laughs> druggy friend usually. No, like her only, character in Transparent in, uh... is not someone who would give you that advice. <laughs> only when she's high on crazy cactus juice. Yeah. But in like every other indie movie that's played Sundance in the last two years, Gabby Hoffman shows up to be. Uh, maybe I'm thinking of Obvious Child. Um, yeah, she, she, that, that is a very similar role to Obvious Child. So but. the scene that she has with Gabby Hoffman, she has about two scenes. They're sitting in a cafe like talking about being on heroin. I don't really get like I don't buy it. And maybe Reese is the problem here. Maybe she's this is a weird thing to say, I guess. But Cheryl was 26. No. She was She was 26 years old when she went on this hike. Uh, Reese Witherspoon is significantly older. I actually yeah. do think when they dress her up as a high schooler, it looks pretty good. Or I college. Yeah, I was. Night, night yeah, school. like yeah, college. I but was. Uh, I was also she, very persuaded by that. She does look pretty good. Uh, she can play those parts, and yet there's this weird separation that I feel. I just don't see her. Maybe she's not young enough in the the hike moments where I feel like there's a whole life ahead of her that she can save if she makes this journey. Wow. So at 35, Reese Witherspoon's too washed up to uh, have a good life now? Not washed up. She's just past the point where you feel like, can I save the rest of my life? There's so much ahead. is that possible people i mean people get out of terrible marriages at 40 all the time and have completely new lives but that's only a child didn't start cooking till she was in her 40s <laughs> being ageist well the other the, the, the interesting thing is she was married at like 19 right yeah. she's gone through so much of life it's it just so the scene that you kind of honed in on here where they signed the divorce papers together what an interesting relationship they have that was touched upon ever so slightly in that scene and then I wanted more of how individual they are like even after the fact when they're not married they they want to stay together as friends and be supportive or like what that relationship is all about it really goes unexplored and it kind of and and 
the, the script seems distracted by these kind of harrowing events, whereas this relationship is so intriguing. They got married too early, and she is, like, sex-hungry. She keeps fucking other guys. She'll be at her diner job and be, like, fucking customers. Whoa, that's crazy. Why is this happening? What is this about? Who is she, and why is she doing these things and destroying her marriage? Yes, it's and and it was happening early in her life. Like maybe a nineteen-year-old shouldn't get married, <laughs> but, but none of these things. This movie's not really touching on that. It's much more. Yeah, but you don't think like the letters she gets from him over the course of her hike like gives you more information about that and who he is? Like, not really. It all feels kind of like motivational schmaltz to me especially oh, when it's doing like on-screen title cards about the quotes she's leaving i thought that was such a cool character detail that she's like this pretentious person who's gonna like leave an inspirational quote in a book from like for like hikers to say who they are where they're from like it said a lot about but it never like, really comes back and as an educate it doesn't have to. It just I mean it it's not like doesn't have to be like a character flaw. It's just like something about who she is where she's like And yet even though she's throwing everything away and trying to like, you know have this experience, she's still wanting to be like kind of intellectual. Right. And it is a character else. flaw though, because when we see her with her mother, she's being overly aggressive and caustic to her mom because she views her mom as sub intellectual and she when? is somehow beyond that. Like Wait. in the in the like dinner table scene? Yeah, there's a scene where she's talking about how her mom would never be into the same books as her and when they're driving it there's a scene where they're driving in the car talking about the classes they're taking. Yeah, where... so it's something that she like regrets from her life, but it's not necessarily something that's going to change. We her. do like, see her why'd... start quoting the like, the crappy books that her mom. Reads. Like you're talking about how everything feels too much like a signpost, but like now you're asking for like everything, every aspect of their character to like come back and be some kind of force in the narrative. No, like, I'm think, not asking for it to come doing. back. No, I'm not asking for it to be like. Here's the setup in Act One, point A, B, C, D, and now in the end, in the final beats, everything is like recalled and and you know has the button on it i'm not asking for that i'm asking for more of a kind of like swirling sensory uh experiment here with like going to the wild and like it's wild feels very rigid to me and i think a lot of it does fall on uh jean-marc valet and this kind of like boxish just floating around. There's no thought into this kind of swirling mass. And it doesn't feel as kind of like dreamy when she go, when flashbacks happen on like a technical level, it just feels like a snap cut. It doesn't feel like music or mood is kind of like shuffling us into these moments or something is erupting from her memory based on what she's seeing in the wild or these moments where she's like standing in the middle of nowhere hearing wolves howl or smelling smells and seeing i don't know you think that going out there would be more sensory don't you ever have like your mind wander and then all of a sudden a memory hits you for no reason whatsoever because you have your your mind is free to wander and that's i feel like that's exactly what she was doing things are coming back to her because what else is she gonna think about no i i I understand that I, i i'm being overly harsh too wild because I think you want it to be like Diving Bell and the Butterfly <laughs> and uh, it's well, just not like, I do love I mean, that movie I love that movie but I don't think it's just it's, I mean it is a squarer movie than that but I don't think that makes it a worse movie no I just I just wanted that performance to be really powerful I feel like I really like Reese Witherspoon as an actress I mean Election is one of my favorite movies ever I think she can be a really strong performer there was just something especially in the first half of the movie that really kept me at bay from what she was 
she she didn't seem to be handing herself over to this movie or someone wasn't asking her to do that it was still kind of pretty and like and get ready for my big acting moment here it's just the me movie the the beginning of this movie kind of puts her on a weird pedestal what by having her putting on a mountain and screaming fuck yeah, the Garden State moment, we're coming back here. Oh my god. It's just a little too, I mean, this book was uh, the first selection for the revived Oprah's book club. Are you going to hold that against No, it? no, I'm not going to hold it against it. I'm just saying that the opening moments of this movie are Oprah's book club moments. But you've seen Eat, Pray, Love. You see what a true Oprah's book club movie can look like. <laughs> I actually have not seen Eat, Pray, Love. Oh, I saw it. It's fine. It's, it's Wild <laughs> is really different from this. Wild is much, I assume, much better than that. I, I, Wild has a visceral quality to it. Uh, I wish it could be more so. What I like about Wild, let me talk about what I like about Wild. I like that uh, Cheryl's womanhood comes into play here in the wild. Um, you know, she crosses, she's one of the only women who is, is hiking the Pacific Crest Trail. She encounters many men on her journey, and they all strike her in different ways. Um, I would have been more interested if the movie was, like, really pushing that angle hard. Really? Maybe that's what I don't... Wait, you really... You wanted to do more of that? No. Well, put those moments under a microscope. If the movie felt like it was about those encounters, like a woman braving this, like, overly masculine world. No, I mean, but I think the whole point of this movie... Not the whole point, but, like... That the fact that she's a woman comes up over and over again in a way it wouldn't for a man because it's a you know a society and especially a hiking right. trail built for men. But I like that. It's not about being a woman in the world. It's about being this person in the world. And so her womanhood is not the point of the movie. How is it not point? What do you mean? What's the it's, difference there? I mean, she is a woman, so that's what being this person is all yeah, about. Yeah, does that mean that Into the Wild is about manhood? Yes. No, it's about like individuality and personhood and like desire to rebel against nature and what and, and wild and wild is about grief and about family and about finding yourself. Yeah, but you can't divorce gender from No, your I'm identity. not trying to divorce gender. I like the way that it includes gender as well, but I think you wanting it to be more about gender. I guess I wanted to at, take a harder stance. Like it's interesting but what to stance flirt is with there these. To take? Like not it's, a harder, hard, okay. it's hard to be a woman on a no. hiking trail? Okay, that's not what I really mean. I, when I say stance, I don't mean opinion. I mean idea or something to explore in a series of scenes. Like I re- My favorite scenes are about her and her husband, as I've mentioned. I love the scenes in this movie about she, at one point, early in her trek, she uh, stumbles upon a farmer and she's she has run out of water I mentioned this guy already, by the way. Are you listening to me or are you oh. mansplaining? I'm, I'm probably mansplaining. So, I, yeah, I love that scene. If we had talked about it, maybe I glossed <laughs> over it. Oh, my God. But wait, did you mention the, the, her reaction? Yeah. yeah, about how she assumes that he's going to assault her and then he oh. takes her home and she gets a shower. What about the hunters? A meal. Did you mention Yeah, the I mentioned the hunters, the guy who actually wants how to did assault I, her. Maybe, you know yeah, what happened? you really were not listening. No, you know what happened? I had a flashback uh, oh, in yeah? that moment to, to my mother? days shooting up heroin. And that's why I lost track. Oh, so all of these moments are about her womanhood and i wish this move and even when she's interacting with women she meets on 
the yeah they talk Shrek. about being women that's something yes. that's going to so come up all the time but so this why does it need to go be, for that why does it need to be more about it I feel like they do a really fascinating job talking about that but not being like this is a movie about a woman on a trail it's this is a movie about a person on a trail because then there's a bunch of other stuff that decides not to confront this notion what it you know hearing Reese talk about having a female character get to do drugs and have lots of sex it just that feels in a vacuum compared to the kind of gender-specific stuff. Uh, and you wish it wasn't, because then it could be more cohesive. Why is it in a vacuum? Like, it's part of who the character is. Like, it's... It just part doesn't of seem part least... of her... It doesn't seem part of her identity. It just seems like bad stuff she fell into. I, yeah, I, I honestly walked away from this movie not knowing why Cheryl Strayed had started doing heroin. I don't know. I mean, do you think she knows why she started doing heroin? I mean, probably, right? I don't know. I How do you start doing heroin? You How did you, you start doing heroin? Yeah, I, well, you know, I was hanging, I was working as a waitress at this one place <laughs> and hanging out with a lot of people. Right. No, I think you're just like, she was in a small town. She didn't come from a lot of money. She was hanging out with idiots because she was in her early 20s and was feeling self-destructive because her mother died. I feel like that's a pretty good explanation. Yeah, I I don't know. It for I some reason figure, it didn't like, all coalesce. You want coalesce. this movie to be rawer and more experimental, <laughs> and you want it to explain everything in it more. I can't figure. I out don't want it to be. I don't. I don't want it to be more experimental. Necessarily. You were saying I you want, want it to, to be all looser. kind of. No, I want it to all kind of coalesce. I want it to be one, and it feels fragmented in Jean Marc Vallée's hands. I think that's my major issue here. That there are a lot of individual great moments that, that there doesn't seem to be a vision behind it that's saying, like, here's why this this woman's journey matters. <laughs> or or yeah. why, what is the story telling us about people and, and women specifically? It doesn't have to tell us anything about women specifically. It's telling something about this one woman and telling us about grief and family and individuality and challenging yourself and... You know, what can happen when you push yourself to a brink and you do something that you want to quit over and over and over again? I mean, it's a biopic in a way. It's a biopic about someone who isn't famous. But, I mean, you don't ask yourself, like, what did we get out of this after you see the theory of everything? Because it's a story Well, that's because that's an awful movie. Well, no, (laughs) the theory of everything is a great example of not really, not having a point, like, or not driving home or driving towards its point hard enough and really saying, like, what is this relationship about and why does this scientific mind matter? Not I actually agree on. with you on Theory of Everything. It's that drove me crazy about the movie, too. But I feel like Wilde does so much of that. It does it more ferociously than Theory of Everything, which is atrocious. Um, <laughs> and the more the more I think of that movie, it's just really bad. Wilde like takes chances. I'll, I'll give you that. Um, and I think the actor's give it a lot I, I just think there's some sort of weird separation in the design of the movie I, I i'm interested you know you praised nick hornby's script um i don't know what it's interesting that nick hornby wrote this i don't know what is nick hornby-ish about it necessarily <laughs> or like what what you think excels here is it just the plotting is it just no. the characterizations it all just seems to work for you it's not no, there's no stamp the, on it there i don't think it's the plotting i think it's I, I think of nick hornby as having a great affection for fuck-ups and you know uh having characters who either are talking about themselves and mm. what they've done wrong or characters surrounding them who are kind of doing consistently the wrong thing and then somehow stumbling toward being okay about it anyway and that's what 
I liked about this movie. I thought, you know, Cheryl, like when you're saying you don't know why she started doing heroin, I liked the movie. Is it going to be like, here's the moment where she picked up the needle. It's just like a thing that happened and it's the thing that she fell yeah. into. And what it tells you is like how she's someone who has so many self-destructive tendencies and then another self-destructive tendency was to decide to do this hike. Like it's a, the same kind of decision being like, what will happen if I do this? It's a bad idea, but I'm going to do it anyway. And then in this case, it wound up being something really profound and helpful. I think, I think for me, I love a lot of the instincts of this movie. I love Cheryl's story. I mean, the characters are great. It's a very interesting. And I do like when they use, I mean, I'm pretty sure they're picking up directly from Cheryl's writing and putting it into the movie, quotes from her and from the book. Uh, she has a very poetic sense and, and voice, and it's strong, and it needs to be in the movie. Um, I just think Wilde teeters into schmaltz a little too often. I mean, there's a scene where Cheryl meets a little boy who sings her a song. And it's like, oh, I love that song. That scene is stupid. That, no, that little, like, that's exactly what a little kid would do when he's learned a song. F that. That is like a weird. They're also Hollywood like walking moment. a llama, or no, is that, what is it? What animal? Might be an, an alpaca? alpaca, yeah. Yeah, that was awesome. No. It was an alpaca. Is, they were in crazy Oregon. That's like, find this vacant emotional beat in a moment we're going to orchestrate just because we can there was an that's alpaca. god's hand that's nick Hordney's hand touching this movie in a very no, annoying way um if you like movies about beautiful places and reese witherspoon and women i and do want to walk i, I do want to walk the, the i know Pacific didn't it make you want to go trail. yeah i don't know if i'd survive no i wouldn't do that whole hike but it made me want to go like to the catskills let's take a hike i mean it's really cold out Oh. I'm going to wait. Just remember that Red River Valley And the cowboy that loved you so true Well, they tell me, my dear, that you're going Before we wrap this up, uh, we wanted to talk, or I wanted to talk. You want to talk, I have yeah, not seen it. Chris Rock's Top 5. Uh, it was a really big deal at Toronto. I wasn't there, but I was kind of like, you know, hearing about this bidding war and the idea of like a Chris Rock movie at a festival. And I was thinking about the uh, Julie Delpy movie, uh, Two Days in New York, that he was in. And I was like, oh, man, a Chris Rock rom-com. Like, I feel like he could That's be really good funny. at this. Yeah, I mean, and he was really great in it. Like, he could be a rom-com leading man all he wants. and he's He wants to be. Yeah, well, he wants to be in a Nancy Myers movie, and he thinks Meryl Streep's sexy. Oh so the, my dream come true would be Chris Rock, Meryl Streep, Nancy Myers movie. Please, God, let that happen. Wow. Um, top five is less of a Julie Delpy movie, which makes perfect sense. It was kind of a dumb assumption for me to make. But it is really charming. It's Chris Rock is this kind of very thinly veiled version of himself, this guy who's uh, well, he, he's had a career playing a, a, a like a cop who also is in a bear suit. And it's unclear to me like why everyone recognizes him if he's spent all the time in the bear suit. But everyone recognizes him as being this one thing. And, you know, he's walking around. He's in New York promoting this movie that he is starred in. It's like a Haitian slave rebellion drama that's kind of clearly terrible. Um, and everyone who he sees on the street is asking him why he's not funny anymore and why he doesn't go back to being uh, oh, Huggy the Bear. I think it's Huggy the Bear. Um, and he's being interviewed by Rosario Dawson, who plays this reporter for the New York Times. A pretty unconvincing New York Times reporter for some reasons that are spoilers. Yes, I think she's senior Manic Pixie Dream Girl writer at the New she's York Times. She's not as Manic Pixie Dream Girl <laughs> as you might think, although she has a pretty baller hipster haircut. Um, but kind of the logistics of her job don't make very much sense. Um, but they walk around New York City for a while, and then 
it's not as before sunset speaking of Julie Delpy, as it sounds, because there's flashbacks. There's like a really gross scene that involves, uh, um, oh, Jesus, who is it in that scene? I'm like, she's she flashes back to a scene with like her boyfriend and how it's proof that he's gay because he liked having a finger in his ass and like really like gross things. Oh, and Cedric the Entertainer plays like a pimp and there's a whole scene with Chris Rock. And there's so many famous people in this movie. Oh my God. So there's flashbacks and then Chris Rock goes like up to in Harlem where he grew up and uh, Leslie Jones is there and Tracy Morgan and Sherry Shepard and all these people. And then meanwhile, Gra- Gabrielle Union is like his... Uh, Real Housewives of Beverly Hills fiance, and she's like planning out their wedding, which is like a super, I feel like a very unrealistic plot twist. It actually I, reminded I me like of. I like her. Um, is she? Is she? I like her too. Movie? She's fine. She's not in that oh. much of it. But it reminded me of. Remember seeing um, the Best Man Holiday, and I think one of those characters is also like on a Housewives type show, or or trying to be. I think. Yeah, something I can't like remember. yes, exaggerating um, her. But it lifestyle. felt like a similarly like ah, uh, can't we come up with anything else for like the wrong woman fiance to be doing? But Wait, anyway, real talk is top five better than Best Man Holiday because Best Man Holiday is pretty damn good. I mean, top. Hmm, that's <laughs> actually an interesting question top five is funnier for sure because like oh, it's fair. got really good comedians in it um yeah, doesn't jerry seinfeld make it rain <laughs> yes wait is that actually is, i i didn't know if they would be keeping that secret that, i don't know like, i'm sorry if i spoiled that but i'm sure the impact of its image when people see it will not be lost there are some uh there are some celebrity cameos later on in the movie i think that's out there I um i think top five is a little more disappointing because it felt like there are times when it gets really close to something like really great and thoughtful and like there's a lot of things in the scenes between Chris Rock and Rosario Dawson that are just like great rom-com walking and talking stuff. And then you get like all these people like riffing back in Harlem, like with Leslie Jones that are hilarious. So there's like this great balance, but then it gets kind of shaggy and kind of trips into its rom-com tropes. And there's, you know, there's elements of it that I kind of like was rooting for it to go somewhere else and kind of tripped up on itself. But it's really funny. The audience I saw it was screamed, even at the stuff that I thought was kind of too gross to laugh at, but that's me. Um, yeah, it's a it's a strange movie. I, I get the feeling I haven't seen. I don't know that I've seen any of the other movies Chris Rock directed. I didn't no? see State. I don't think I have. I didn't see. I think I love my wife. Is there another uh, one? Uh, no. I think those are the two movies he's made. Um, I think I love my wife is a weird movie. It's based on a French film. It's yeah. An adaptation. Yeah. And um, again, it's like a lot of good ideas but not well executed. I don't mm-hmm. know. I mean, I know that Chris Rock has a very strong ambition to be a writer-director. He admires uh, Woody Allen. I mean, it feels bit. very Woody Allen-ish. But like, Head of State en- ends up being more successful, I think, than I think I Love My Wife. I'd rather watch the Chris Rock stand-up bit that was I Think I Love My Wife rather than watch that movie again. Uh, <laughs> not that that stand-up bit exists, but... I mean, we've seen him on fire in in stand-up tours, and just like that is his craft, just like telling it like it is. And he tries to put this into movies, and I think Head of State ends up being a series of it's like almost a sketch comedy movie at times, but, uh, but he, I think I mean, my I, wife is, is definitely ambitious, but I, I'm not, it wasn't a success, unfortunately. I recognize that his, I think stand-up is, you know, it, it's his biggest gift. It's how he got started. He's obviously really good at it. Um, but I think as a leading man, he's really appealing. Like I like watching him and Rosario Dawson flirt and he's, you know, got this appeal to him that I don't, you know, that, kind of rapid fire stand-up doesn't ever doesn't really bring out in somebody and i like that really? about top five yeah well and it's the same thing with two days in new york where he's got he's kind of this overwhelmed like husband who has a warmth and you l- are rooting for him even when he's kind of not necessarily being a great guy and top five doesn't give him quite as 
But actually, no. Top five gives him a lot of chances to do stuff like that. There's a lot going on in it. Um, I wish maybe I had you really seen want to see him, him in a rom com. I wish I had seen him. Uh, he was on Broadway not too long ago in Oh yeah, Motherfucker with a Hat. Yeah, uh, a few years back. I wish I had seen him because. Yeah, I don't know what his untapped potential is acting wise. I, I, he really hasn't made many good movies. No, and that's kind of fascinating when you like Chris Rock's movie career is so strange. Yeah, he makes you, most you, of his money based on stand up and yeah. attempting to be in <laughs> well, movies. And, and you think of him as being a movie star, but he just isn't really. Like he hasn't had the big movie star career no. that it seemed like he was going to have ten years ago. Yeah, maybe he's better fit. You know. Everybody Hates Chris is kind of a funny show, and maybe he's more in tune with the TV world. He'll probably do that. He's been on Louie a few times. He's probably gearing towards Louie. He'll do a, yeah. his Louie eventually. Oh, yeah, that seems, like it, that seems inevitable. Because he won't be able to make... Well, if Top 5 is a hit, maybe we'll see more movies. I like that in this New York Magazine interview that he did recently that he was gunning for... Oh, my God, the Frank Rich interview. If anyone hasn't read the Frank Rich interview, holy crap. He was like, I could direct a Marvel movie. They should let me direct a Marvel movie. Yes, they should. Just throw your hat right in there, Chris Rock. Please do it. Like, do whatever you want. Um, I'm looking at, like, the early aughts, which I think of as, like, being, like, Pete Chris Rock. Like, he made Down to Earth and Pootie Tang... Which you know is its own. Pootie Tang is a great movie. Oh yeah, it's a fantastic. But movie. that's he's Louis. Like, he's like that's barely not in really it. Yeah. rock. That's I'm, I, like in terms of his star turns. Like, he is Bad Company a movie he started. What is that? Yes. Uh, yeah. Oh yeah, with Anthony Hopkins. Jesus Christ. So yeah, like that happened. That was weird. And then, hang on, I've got to scroll back through. <laughs> lost, I lost track. Grown up. Then there's head of state. Too. No, well, hang on. No, then there's head of state. Then there's The Longest Yard. And then there's 2000, in 2007, there's I Think I Love My Wife. And by then, he's already kind of like bowed out of like being the star, like being the guy on the poster. Like he only did that a couple times. He never like has, he never really had the career that his avatar in Top 5 has where he's like become really, really yeah, famous. Yeah, he's basically playing character. Adam Sandler. Yeah, it's five. much more an Adam Sandler thing. Which is weird because they've already made that movie and it's called Funny People. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, and he's continuing to make a ton of money making grown-ups movies with Adam Sandler, oh, where they God. just go on vacation for a few weeks. Oh, I mean, those no. movies are embarrassing. That, I don't think we'll get a grown-ups three. We'll never know what happens in the end of the trilogy. I know. Unfortunately, now that the Sony has been hacked and they don't want to make <laughs> Adam Sandler movies anymore, maybe, uh, maybe they hack Sony so that we could get a grown-ups three. Um, <laughs> anyway, <have> demands. <laughs> top five. If you were interested in Chris Rock as an actor and. Uh, kind of intrigued to see like what he really wants to do like it is clearly like a Chris Rock movie like this is his vision put on screen and I think it's shaggy but also really interesting and he has really funny friends so that means there are a lot of really that funny does scenes. help yeah it really does so top five I actually uh, I enjoyed it a lot that does it for this review segment of fighting in the war room we'll be back next week with another full episode in the meantime Matt Patches you're the only one here who are you I'm Matt Patches um, and I write <laughs> all over on the internet and I put my work on mattpatches.com and I'm on Twitter where I link to that work uh, at Mr. Patches yeah that's it yep and I'm Katie Rich you can find me at Vanity Fairs Hollywood or on Twitter at Katie Rich K-A-T-E-Y-R-I-C-H and uh, sorry that we didn't get any of your lightning round question answers or you tweet some if yeah. you haven't already please tweet them at us anyway because we want to talk about your weird celebrity cameos from the year um, but anyway we'll be back talking to you next week I'd rather be a sparrow than a snail. yes I would if I could 